You're listening to The Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. And I'm Sandra Rivera. Now, I've had Sandra on the show before. For those listeners who don't know her, she is my ex-wife and the mother of my son. Um, but for this episode, I wanted you here because I had an interview yesterday where the interviewer was asking me questions about my journey, right? How I went from a lawyer to uh, a comedian. And I thought, you know, when you remember these things, you you oftentimes you remember them from your perspective. But I thought it'd be interesting to get your perspective on some of these things because you've been there from the very beginning. Right. You were there for my graduation. We met in law school. Correct. Uh, and my graduation was pretty much the way I depicted in Made in Puerto Rico. Yes, that is true. The air horns, the flags. Yep, very obnoxious. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. my, my father being very <laughs> upset with the whole thing because it was way too much. Yep. And do you remember, um, did I tell you what the dean told me on stage when he shook my hand? I know he said something. I don't remember exactly what he, he said. He said something equally obnoxious. Yes. He, oh. he squeezed my hand and then he went, I'm so glad you brought your whole family. Yes. <laughs> and I was, was like, thrilled. Yeah. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, thank you. You know, sure. You know, and then later on you go, I think he was being a jerk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're in such a high on stage. You're like, sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. Of course. You're welcome. You know to what be, I mean? To be fair, we were pretty obnoxious. It was pretty loud. It I was saw pretty loud. I saw a video of that graduation years later online somewhere, and uh, I was embarrassed. I really was. Like, <laughs> it was like over it, the top. Like it got to my name, and I was like, "Oh my god, that is so awful. <laughs> that is so disrespectful." It was so loud. It was so loud. I could see the professors were like, "What is this? A carnival? What? Yeah. Stop!" Yeah. And I was like, and then, and then what I was doing, the gestures, like I was being Lucio, like I. Walked up to the front of the stage, which you're not supposed to do. Like yep. I broke ranks. Yep. And, and I think I put my fist up in the air and I was like putting my arms out. You just took the whole formality of a law school graduation and chucked it out the window. Oh God. <laughs> and I, I guess, you know, when you, you know, you grow up and you're like, oh. but I didn't, I didn't even have that excuse because I was like 28. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I was, you know, 21. I, I should have known better. I had graduated before. It's not like this was a new thing for me. So suffice it to say, I don't have a copy of it because <laughs> it's not something that I want to look back on. By the way, how was your graduation? Oh, my graduation was much, much more tame. You didn't let us bring air horns. No, I did not. Well, my graduation also was in, in an off season. So it was in December. So we had maybe a quarter of the graduates that you had in your class. Just a small group. It's a very small, well-behaved Serene, group. Nice and quiet. Yes, clapping appropriately. <laughs> Just golf clapping. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did take the bar together, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a story that I always like to mention is that this bar exam, it must have been over a thousand people in this room. Easily. A thousand something. I mean, it was it was so large that we couldn't even see the proctor. All you could do is hear his voice. Right. This was a three hour exam, then you break for lunch, and then you go back for three hours, right? Was it that yeah. long on one day? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then the next the day, day. And then the second day was three hours, lunch, three hours. Right, right. What were the chances that you and I would both get up from different parts of this room that held a thousand people? I didn't even know where you were sitting. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we would both get up to go to the bathroom at the exact same time. I was so thrilled that when I was walking to the bathroom, I could see you. And I was like, oh, my God, we're about to cross paths. I was so excited. You were completely the opposite. I was terrified. I saw you. I'm like, oh, no. That's like the worst feeling. There's my wife. Oh, my God, this is awesome. And you were like, no, 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 no. 
and I and I put my hand up to give you a high five of like encouragement, right? We're in this together. And you just shook your head and ignored me. That's right. I'd still do it again to this day. Oh my God. And there, right there is a microcosm <laughs> of <laughs> Of our relationship on the legal side. <laughs> there was no way I was going to be accused of conspiring with yeah. you to cheat. Yeah, that tells you everything you need to know about Sandra as a lawyer and, and the way I saw the legal profession. Right. I was like, yo, we just playing, right? And you were like, no, this is for real. Buy the book. Oh, and uh, just to be clear, uh, we got the same exact. No, no. Listen, listen, hold on, hold on. We got the same. No. The same score. No. Yes, we did. No, we didn't. You scored extremely high on the multi-state, mm -hmm. which I thought was kind of odd because you didn't score that well on the Florida portion of the exam. I, who I'm not even from Florida, scored really high on the Florida exam and low on the multi-state. Oh, see, I love how you say you scored low on the multi-state, but when it comes to Florida, that I didn't score well. <laughs> I because, scored lower because, than multi-state. Because you're from Florida. So you're supposed what? to You're supposed to nail it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, when you average both scores, yada, 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 we scored the same. Half a point higher. Nobody Half goes past that point, though, right? It was like 158. Why would you go? I got 158.5. Nobody goes past the point. Oh, everybody does. The decimal is there for a reason. The decimal means stop. It's the average. And right, my average was higher. Your Yours was 158.5. Mine was 158. It's still higher. It's still, we had three numbers in common, okay? <laughs> three, one, five, eight. <laughs> Um, a lot of people also don't know that we were prosecutors together. Yes. We started off as prosecutors. And in fact, when we were transferred over from the misdemeanor division to the juvenile division, we had offices side by side. Right. Now, tell the people uh, what kind of prosecutor I was. You were a showman. You, what? You, what? What? It's I mean, true. Okay. I, I thought you were going to start with, uh, you know, he was tough. You know, he was. Oh, well, yeah. You were unwavering. I mean, completely inflexible. <laughs> Every defense attorney's nightmare. That was Poppy. That was Poppy, Amy. I'm telling you. <laughs> no negotiations here. Yeah, no, you uh, you took it very, very seriously. And, I mean, you would have thought that you were in the federal prosecutor's office the way you were approaching some of these juvenile cases. <laughs> you know, when, I, when we first got there, the guy that I was replacing um, had this huge stack of uh, no pros forms. No pros forms are the forms that prosecutors use to dismiss a case. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was so excited to, to be a part of the juvenile division, you know, prosecuting juveniles. And he just tapped this huge stack and he was like, you're going to be filling out a lot of these. And I'm like, what are those? And he explained them to me. And I was like, thinking to myself, I ain't filling nothing out. Eso se va a quedar ahí. Because I'm prosecuting every <laughs> single person. And, and that's what I did. I think I was setting records for how many trials uh, I was doing as a prosecutor. In fact, you may you may know this already. I did one time like six trials in a day mm -hmm. in front of Judge Rodriguez. And I caught him sleeping. <laughs> I caught the judge sleeping during two of those trials. And for those that don't know, it's not that it's easy to do that many trials in a day, but it's it can be done because in juvenile, there is no jury. So you just kind of pump them out quickly. Right. The judge is the jury. Right. Which, you know, I mean, the judge has heard it all. Right. He's heard every argument. But to catch him sleeping, you know, you know so, he, you know, he's kind of resting his face on his hand kind of thing, acting like he was reading one of the forms. 
but he was out cold, but he knew when to get up, right? So as soon as I would end my argument, then, then he would kind of open his eyes, you know, and then be like, you know, defense. And then he'd go right back to sleep. <laughs> oh, do you remember the, the trial that we did as prosecutors? No, oh, I don't remember the details. Oh, I do. Mm. I do. See, this is why perspective it matters. I don't remember the details. So as a prosecutor in the misdemeanor division, prior to being transferred to the juvenile division, I was not getting any trials. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because they were all pleading to the bench. Right. They were all like, hey, Ellie, can we work this out? And I'd be like, no, I want to go to trial. And then they'd be like, your honor, can we talk? And then <laughs> so the judge would be like, I'll give you whatever he's not giving you. Right. So you told me that you had a trial coming up in your division. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what? Wait for me. So I wrapped up my cases and I ran over to your courtroom and you had a petty theft case. Mm -hmm. And it was a lady that had stolen a bunch of stuff from the gift store at uh, Universal oh, yeah, yeah, Studios, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And I always remember, I remember the, the public defender in your case was Mauricio. Mm -hmm. Remember him? Mauricio Wed. He was representing uh, this lady, I think was um, Latina. I don't remember from, from South where. America. South America. Mm -hmm. And uh, spoke some English, um, but she was a mess. I mean, she was just distraught even before the trial began. But I was excited. So we both represented the state in a petty theft case, okay? The state of Florida. Moving mountains, yes. The state of Florida had two prosecutors <laughs> prosecuting a lady from South America. So embarrassing. Two Latinos, by the way. Two Latino prosecutors <laughs> prosecuting a fellow Latina uh, in a misdemeanor case. Do you remember that case now? Yeah, I do. Uh, we were excited to, mm -hmm. to do this together. And I was excited to do opening argument. That's how, like, out of the gates I was. I was like, please let me do opening. Please let me do opening. It was technically your case. Right. I did opening. And like you said, I was a showman. I sat down, right? I had done my show. And I'll never forget what the public defender said. Mauricio gets up and he approaches the jury and he goes, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, forgive me if I am not as enthralling <laughs> as the prosecutor. <laughs> And I had to like, I had to like look down and be like, what, okay, what does that even mean? Is enthralling good? It, am I, am I all right? And it was the first time that opposing counsel complimented me, but it was new. Cause I was like, how are you going to start off, you know, calling the opposition basically more captivating than yourself? But he had a point. It was basically going, listen, he's going to be all flash. I'm going to be all substance. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn it. Right. And then we went on with the case, and I thought we presented a pretty obvious case. I mean, the lady, was she was stuffing merchandise in the stroller, and then she, you know, walked out and did the whole, oh, my God, I forgot. I'm so distraught because of the baby, and I forgot to pay, right? Right. Clearly lying. But then it was her turn to testify. Do you remember when she testified? She uh, she put on the waterworks. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Before she even got to the stand, she was bawling. She gets to the stand, doesn't even sit down, remains standing, and then turns to the jury and greets them one by one. Remember that? Hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hi. Hello. All seven of them because of the alternate. <laughs> hello. Hello. They swore her in. They had to like wait for her to stop crying just so she could be sworn in. <laughs> That's the way her testimony started. Yep. Uh, about an hour and a half into jury deliberations, jury came back uh, not guilty, yeah. which I still believe was more of a jury part. Oh, it absolutely was. I think the jury went, listen, she did it. But let her go back to her country, okay? She's she sorry. She suffered enough. Yeah, she's sorry. You know, oops, it's okay. We forgive her. She can go. I'm still mad about that. <laughs> very few cases, very few petty theft cases go to trial. Yeah, that one should have been a win. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. I'm still bitter. <laughs> I know, because I know Mauricio got that one on me. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, if I were to see him now, he'd be like, hey, 
How was that performance, huh? That pay off for you? <laughs> Now, it was always your dream to be a prosecutor. Yes. So what was it like when you switched? Because I think a little bit after I left and I started my own law office, you then switched. Right. What was that like for you? It was hard. It was hard because I I had spent so much time at the state attorney's office. I had interned there and then I you know worked there for several years and it was hard to kind of switch gears. But when I when you saw me switch and you saw me open my office and you saw the amount of money I was bringing in, you said, wait a minute. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you figure out a way to get over that hump. But <laughs> I think, you know, I mean, obviously some of the best defense attorneys were former prosecutors. And I think it gives you that different perspective. But, you know, some people just have an easier time switching to the defense than others, you know. Now, to be fair, though, you didn't switch to become a defense lawyer. You kind of left the prosecutor's office right. so that you could get pregnant, basically. Oh, Remember that? We yeah. were having a hard time getting pregnant, and we thought it was probably the stress of working with the state attorney's office or the stress of not making enough money. Right. Right? And you were like, you know what? I just need some time off. Yeah. And then while you were off, you were like, let me see what you're doing in the office. And then you kind of started to see um, how things worked. Because, in all fairness, you were running that office. You were managing that office. Right. I didn't pay one bill. Yes. I have. I had no idea. Even to this day, I have no idea how much the office cost or the car. Yeah. You want to tell them? Eight ninety two seventeen. Yeah. I'm as bitter about that as you are about that loss, that trial loss. <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell our listeners about that? Uh, in your infinite wisdom, you decided when you want started making money to buy some stupid Mercedes. Well, because, I mean, you know, I'm a defense lawyer, right? So I couldn't, like, roll up to my office in a little Toyota Tercel, you know, with, with a different colored hood, right? And then if I quote my client a price, he's going to be like, why do you need this money? So you can buy a new car? I needed to come in. With a nice car. Really? You're going from one end of the spectrum to the other. Toyota Tercel with a different color hood. Right. Yeah. There's nothing in between. Nothing in between <laughs> that could have lowered that car payment a little bit. No, because I, I, you know, I went to the dealership and I was like, I want a car with the same color hood. And the guy was like, let me show you this Mercedes 320. I went with the 320. I, I went with like a starter. I didn't go with like a five series. Yeah, you but you I'm... added all the bells and whistles to it. Yes, because it was a starter. It was a starter Mercedes. So I figured. It's so not worth it. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because now if you tell me that I was paying that much or rather you were paying that much from my office, um, that is a little high. That's absurdly high. That's what you would pay to live in an apartment. Back then, yeah. No. How much? Eight ninety two seventeen. But why do you still commit that to memory? Just I don't know because every time I wrote that check, it was like a little piece of me died. <laughs> <laughs> This doesn't make sense. It's a stupid car. But but besides that, though, we did keep expenses relatively low. You definitely did not pay the bills. <laughs> really? Well, tell me. This is this is why I brought you in, because I wanted to know your perspective. Oh, well, we had a home theater, and we had thousands and thousands of dollars of landscaping expenses. And there was always, you know, the, um, the car, and then we had to get the nice, really super expensive couch. And, I yeah, mean, but that couch was nice, though. It was very nice. In the home and theater. I get it. We were making money. We were making really good money. But then we got hit with our tax bill. <laughs> okay. So can we talk about that for a second? Because we had never made so much money, right? Like it was just, you know, coming in ridiculous. It, it was. was. In ridiculous Hand amounts. Hand over fist. 
We one time a, a client gave us a, a box, a shoe box with right. eight thousand dollars in it. Yeah, and that was only the down payment. So I was like, man, this is awesome, right? So we did convert that old garage into a theater. I even had an arcade in there. Remember that? Mm -hmm. um, landscaping was a mess. That was I learned my lesson because mm -hmm. I thought if you said you're a landscaper, I figured you would know what you're doing. This guy didn't. So yeah. okay, less, lesson learned. But the taxes though. So we uh, another lesson we learned was. Never have your friend uh, recommend uh, her dad who does accounting on the side. Yeah. Oh, no, but he, he used to work with the IRS. Didn't right. she say that? Yes. Mm -hmm. He's retired, and this is what he does, right? So we're like, okay, cool. Tu sabes. You know, he has, he has knowledge. Right. Um, when did you realize uh, the red flags? I'll tell you when I realized them, but I, wa I want to hear from you first. Honestly, I think I was stupid about it. You know, when he did our taxes and we didn't have to pay anything no we had to pay we had to pay but the red flags i saw was when we went to their house remember this mm -hmm. and and it was like an older guy yeah and uh, he opened this old book almost like an old accounting book mm -hmm. and he took out this pencil like an old pencil and he was like okay pues, cuéntame, cuéntame. and i was like we're in trouble yeah. right we're in trouble pero i gave him the benefit of the doubt and after I told them all the money we had made, remember, we as as much as you know, we know about the law, we really don't know about tax law. Nothing. And even less back then. Right. Back then, we like purposely did not want to know anything. Right. So we, we told him all the amounts and he's like, yeah, no, fíjate, after all everything, you know, the expenses and deductions, you have to pay, you know, a thousand two hundred. Yeah. And I was like, Wow. These taxes are amazing. I I love it. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you did it. You're awesome. You're you're worth everything. And then we found out when we started using an actual accounting firm the following the year. following year when they kind of redid our taxes, they're the ones who dropped the bomb on us. Yeah, they were like, um, I don't know who did your taxes uh, last year, but you're gonna be owing quite a bit. And that's when the IRS sent us a letter, right? right. And they mm -hmm. said, yeah, I think we owed, God. Like 30, 35,000. 35,000. Yeah. Wow. You don't know that number by heart? That one, no. That yeah. one, no. The car you do, but the taxes was, that's the, too high of a number for you to commit to I memory. think I went into shock when I heard that number. I was so upset. Mm -hmm. But you it was our own fault, yeah. too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, we, it took us what? A couple of years to get out of that? Right. Yep. Because as much money as we were bringing in, that's still a big hit. And psychologically, too, like emotionally, you're like, I don't understand why mm -hmm. I got to pay 35000 But you should have paid it the year before. But these are like... These are like the things you learn, you know, when you when you're new in business, yeah. especially us. We were brand new, almost brand new lawyers, mm -hmm. definitely brand new entrepreneurs. Right. Um, and then on top of all that, making significant amount of money. Right. And somehow we stayed together despite that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember those days, honestly. <laughs> that's that's flattering. I'm sorry. I've I've already blocked those days. So but for this conversation, it wouldn't even exist. <laughs>
Eventually, though, we got through those financial troubles in the beginning, and then you kind of joined in, right? You probably figured, like, I might as well, you know, work because, you know, we're going to need extra money. Yes. Um, and you started helping me with um, the defense cases. Right. And you started to like it. I did. It was a different uh, perspective, and, you know, you're now you're getting to know the per the accused and, and understanding their story and you know, understanding their motivations. So uh, it gave you a whole different view on the criminal justice system. So how was I as a defense lawyer? But but give me like um, the office me versus the in court me as a defense lawyer, as as somebody who would like have the consultations, because I remember you were always you would be in the other office sometimes mm -hmm. in the adjoining office. Sometimes you'd be in it with me in the consultation, but sometimes you would stay out. Um, what was I like uh, in the office? You were intense. Really? Yeah, you were very intense. How so? Uh, you, uh, specifically in your consultations, I mean, you were a good salesman, like you gave people the confidence that you were going to fight for them. Um, but you also didn't take any BS, you know, you didn't tolerate, um, wishy-washy answers. You didn't tolerate, <laughs> um, you know, people not being able to be upfront and honest with you. And then even in the management of the office, you were just very intense and like you wanted things right now and um god it just sounds like bobby <laughs> jesus it's like growing up with bobby you were hard to work for really yeah or work with go on <laughs> is there anything else you want to get off your chest i think it's just you know because you were doing something that you weren't exactly happy to be doing it spilled over into how you interacted with yeah. people around you yeah that's that's a good way to put it but in a weird way um i was good at it well, that's the irony. Right? Mm -hmm. Is that I didn't like it, but damn it, I was good at it. Right? right? So I was torn every day. So it's not like I wasn't good at it. Why am I doing this? It was, why am I so good at it? This is why I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, but in court, I was different though. Right? Yeah. I mean, in court, you turned it on. It was a show and you, you know, you captivated the, the jury and you were able to make people laugh, which is, you know, one of the hardest things to do in that setting. In a courtroom In a courtroom, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, that's not anything that I'm able to do. It, it takes a certain kind of finesse to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, you were very much focused on the the show of it and the presentation um, and you, you know, you were good at analyzing people's answers and then, you know, the preparation or not, not so much the preparation, but the specifics and the logistics right. is where I kind of stepped in. Well, this is a perfect example would be the trial we did together. Remember you were like eight months pregnant, right? Uh, that was a huge trial and we did it together. Uh, that was uh, just like we had prosecuted a case together. We defended uh, this young man together. Right. And that was a perfect example of you keeping me on track because I had to cross-examine the cop in this in that case. And we had boiled it down to like six questions that I was going to ask him. And you knew that I wanted to cut this guy apart. Mm -hmm. I wanted to like bring this guy down. And you were telling me like from the night before, stick to our plan. Right. Stick to the script. And even right before I got up to like cross-examine them, you were like, please, just those six questions. Yes. Because you knew that I could I could easily turn this into a circus. And yeah. you were like, please, be flashy all you want, 
but only for these six questions. In and out. So that's why, right. So that's Mm -hmm. why we balance each other well, because you knew that I could make it as flashy and as loud as I could, but you kept me on track and you would always keep me like, all right, stay focused. You could be flashy, but within these parameters. Right. You remember that case, don't you? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I I still have contact with him. So great guy. Yeah. He was. He was a good guy. Well, we don't have contact with the cop, though. No. I only saw him once. You know that, right? Mm hmm. Saw him two weeks after the trial. Yes. And let him know the verdict. Yes. Which I'm sure he was well aware of. (laughs) Which I'm sure he was thrilled to have me tell him. Right. Yeah. Quiznos. Quiznos uh, Subway Shop. Uh, I don't think he went there anymore after that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Stay away from Quiznos. That's where defense lawyers hang out. So, in summary, what would you have done differently? In what? That's all I'm asking. (laughs) In summary, what would you have done differently? Choose however you want to answer. Oh my God. But please be careful with how you answer it. I'm leaving it, I'm leaving it vague. Oh gosh. Um, this is a really hard question. I mean, I th- there are different stages of my life that, you know, things I would have done differently. Well, I mean, you could choose to see it as a complicated question or you could choose to see it as a simple question, counselor. Um, I think I probably would have and this isn't meant to be an insult, but I think oh, I probably man. would have waited to get married until I was a little older and had, you know, some life experience why would you go all the way back there you didn't give me any parameters i exactly i mean you could have been like you know i could have taken this class in law school or that class or i could have been more enthralling as a prosecutor i feel like i could have used more life experience before i jumped into you know this institution of marriage and you know i I needed to uh grow and mature and find who i was um because then had i done that i wouldn't have gone with you is that what we're going necessarily i just think i would have been more um confident in who i was you were plenty confident (laughs) now that is something that goes way back to law school because you were lacking in confidence even in law school i I remember that and i remember me having to tell you you're a lot smarter than you give yourself credit for well i mean it goes before law school i I mean i've been like that since i was in high school what about now what about now i am better now Uh i'm much more confident now but i still you know struggle with those feelings of uh insecurity of not being smart enough not being clever enough not being persuasive enough so yeah and all those things i believe you are and mm-hmm. I, and i'm i'm not in the minority oh god this has turned into a psychiatry session <laughs> ah well that's what i got my bachelor's in psychology and i'm going to help people because i'm good enough i'm smart enough and doggone it people like me because you are plenty smart. You are very, very confident and very persuasive. Um, but it's something that, you know, I've known you now for over 20 years. And I've always had to tell you that mm-hmm. um, because you're so quick to acknowledge these traits in other people, but you don't see it in yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would love for that to have been your answer. Um, you're right. There you go. If I had had, if I changed anything, I would have changed how I perceived myself. I wish I had recognized 
my worth and my my intelligence and my value when I was younger. Yeah, because look at you now. You are a successful attorney. You're still a lawyer, right? right? With your own law firm, mm-hmm. the law office of Sandra Rivera, right? Right, um, and you you manage your office, you handle your clients, uh, and it's something that I still admire in you. Right. You know, I mean, look, we graduated together, and I left the law a long time ago. Yeah. And you're still in it, and that's admirable. And you look well. You are well. Versus a lot of attorneys that are still attorneys get, they're a mess. Yeah, no, I, I've been able to strike a balance. So I'm not burnt out. You know, some days I feel like I am, but overall I'm happy. I'm content. I haven't let it completely suck me in. Okay. How would I be if I were still a lawyer? Do you hear the tone in your voice right now? Come you. <laughs> That's your answer? <laughs> You're like, I think you just answered your own question by the way you pro by the way you posed the question. Exactly. And that was the Ellie Castro show. I am Ellie Castro. And I'm Sandra Rivera. For more information on my upcoming shows, Miente, you can go to EllieCastro.com and you can follow me on social media under Ellie Castro Comedy. And if you're in the Orange County area or the Seminole County area or just in Central Florida and you have any legal questions, you can find Sandra Rivera's office at the law office of Sandra Rivera. 407-375-2085. Remember, mi gente, life is so much better when you're laughing. Hasta la próxima. Bye.